Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. I forgot to unmute myself. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back. To uh, the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by BetMGM and Prize Picks, I think. We love them both. Uh, I am your host, Josh Harris. We're off to a great start today. Joining <laughs> me, as always, the steamroller himself, Swim Cliffy. How are you doing today? Not too bad. Uh, yeah, just a week into the season, and uh, we're already starting to trip over ourselves a little bit. Uh, doing good. Um, yeah, the steamroller is back for anybody that's been watching the shows. I've been having a fight with a steamroller and the construction going on in the street behind me. It's quiet right now, but as they say, sometimes it's the quiet before the storm. Um, had a good night last night. I, uh, I, uh, ended up taking down the, uh, $20 three max. I'll bring it up right here. Um, Went with Rangers power play minus Fox. The, my mistake was going Kreider over um, Trocheck. Could have put Kreider or could have put Trocheck as a third center, and then just moved Marchman to the wing. It would have changed things. Also, I correlated a defenseman with my goalie and not with my stacks. So if I put Ottinger in uh, with my uh, Dallas stack, as opposed to having Huso there, completely different story for the rest of my contest. But won't complain uh, about uh, an early season takedown as small as it might be. So hopefully uh, we had some good nights in here. Um, hopefully another good night here to come. Uh, pretty good eight games late here ahead of us. Yeah. A uh, little bit better than last night where, where there was massive chalk letdowns. Um, Toronto, the two teams with the four point or higher goal totals both lost the Leafs. Looked awful against the Coyotes. The Penguins lost in overtime to your Habs. Um, like I said, the Habs, good offensively, messed defensively. Crosby line didn't look great, though. Uh, I faded the Leafs, still didn't catch, didn't have enough Rangers. How about those Rangers, man? Zibanejan paying off that AK price tag. He leads the league in points right now. Either him or Panarin. They both look really good to start the season. Um, this, this slate is... I, I like this slate better than last night. We have one team with a four total or higher, which is the Oilers, which is probably going to be a chalk spot, which we'll get to later. But I am excited for this slate. And, uh, you know, even though I forgot to unmute myself, please give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live helps us out a lot. It helps bring you guys free content. We like giving you as much content as we can. As if you follow me on Twitter, we just dropped a how to win at NHL DFS video. Cliffy and I uh, checked the pinned uh, comment on my Twitter. You can go check that out after the show. Uh, it's about 25 minutes long. All the keys to success in NHL DFS. But uh, let's get into this eight gamer tonight. Uh First game of the night, we have the Boston Bruins with a 3.1 total heading into Ottawa. The Senators have a 3.3 total. Um, some line adjustments for the Bruins as of now. There are back-to-back on the road. They don't. That teams normally don't skate when they have back-to-backs on the road, but they did finish the game last night. Taylor Hall, David Krejci, David Pasternak, second line of Zacha, Bergeron, DeBrusque. Same lines for the Senators. If you use our lineup builder, Tim Stutzla, and his 37 different last name spellings have messed up the ownership. So we're we're working to get that fixed. Um, so the ownership on the Senators 
is a bit wonky. They have a surprisingly high total here. It is Bruins back-to-back on the road. Um, I think, you know, Bruins 3.1 total on the road is nothing to, you know, sneeze at. I just don't know what if these lines are going to stay the same or anything like that. I see some pretty high ownership on the Krejci line. I think I kind of like the Senator side here. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, we'll talk about goaltending in a bit, but Anton Forsberg is certainly a, a goalie I like here tonight. Um Ottawa's first game of the year when we had a show for it, we talked about um, Tim Stutzler playing with Brady Kachuk last year, and they really didn't play that well together. Um, it's been a different story so far this year, and I think it's not really a surprise to a lot of people that kind of followed Stutzler's um, development last year. His second half of the season, like he honestly looked like a monster. Um, just incredibly smart player on the ice, back checking to create turnovers and back pressure and things like that. Things that may kind of go unnoticed, but can really help transition the team uh, from defense to offense. And, uh, you know, small sample uh, to start with, but, you know, 2.9 expected goals for only 1.4 against for that uh, Ottawa top line. That's certainly a good start for them. And looking at our line matching sheet, which is not through Stochastic, but it's through a a buddy of ours um, at line matching on Twitter. It's a subscription aside from us, but uh, if, uh, you might be interested. You might want to check him out. He has that Norse, uh, the Brinkett, Giroux line, as well as the Stutzler line, seeing quite a bit of the second and third lines from Boston. That means likely avoiding the Bergeron matchup. So um, I think, you know, if they do avoid that, largely avoid that Bergeron matchup, and it is a back-to-back on the road, I, you know, I do kind of get um, the Ottawa Senators love here tonight, especially with those low ownerships. Like, like you said, we you know Tim Stutzler, the umlaut on the U, uh, kind of messes around with things because there are three different ways that people spell his name um, in the media. Um, but I can't imagine that line would be more than a, you know a couple percent owned, like two, three, four percent or something like that. Um, our second line coming in under two percent uh, that the Brinkat Giroux line. So really good ownership with a good total here. I can understand the hesitation because you know Boston's looked like a very good defensive team. Uh, again to start the year but when you're you know when you have an Ottawa team at home uh, rested going up against a tired Boston team uh, with that 3.3 total I think it is very much worth a pay, uh, paying attention to them you know it which line you want to use I think would kind of depend um, on what you think on some of the matchups I would probably just go to the Stutzler Kachuk uh, and Batherson line um, all of them play uh, the same power play together um, you know, not that Boston's penalty kill is something we can take advantage of, but they do play the power play together. Um, they're all reasonably priced. Like the Brinkat hit the 7K mark. Um, that's really expensive for, you know, a non-elite player uh, going up against the Boston Bruins. Um, you know, moving Zaka to that Bergeron line might kind of seems like it might make a week over Taylor Hall, but I think Zaka has been probably one of the more un- un- unheralded players uh, in the NHL over the last couple of years. He's very good uh, in transition. Very, He's a pretty good playmaker as well. So it's not like that's a nothing going to that Boston line. But I look at that Boston ownership, Bergeron and DeBrusque, you know, both 11 12%. That seems fairly high to me. Um, if I were to stack the Bruins, I'd probably go to that Hall, Krejci, and Pasternak line, right? Um, all perfectly correlated. Uh, reasonable pricing, even as expensive as Pasternak is, you know, at least on DK, you can get them for a shade under 20K, which, you know, considering Pasternak's 8,400 isn't really that bad. Um, you know, they'll get uh, some depth matchups from Ottawa as well, as long as this line matching holds. So I really don't mind that Krejci Pasternak hall line here, but um, I think if I were to take any single line out of this game, it's Kachuk, Stutzla, and Batherson, um, all strong uh, projected um points here tonight by our projections um gonna have reasonable ownership depth matchups i think there's a lot to like that's for that stencil line here yeah i like the auto top line as well i um just need the ownership to get updated which is being fixed right now i am being told heard it in my ear um on the boston side i want any line that poster knock is on he been he's been great to start the season now he's on the line with Krejci and Hall if that is in fact the line they are fully correlated Ottawa Senators penalty kill was bad last year they didn't really get anyone to help improve it so I am in on that Boston top line don't know if I'll get there in one to three 
eight-game slate backs back on the road. I don't normally like targeting, but at their fair ownership in MME, I think I will get there. On the blue line, Hampus Lindholm, Chabot, obvious plays if you're using anything with the power play. On the Bruins side, Connor Clifton, uh, 2,600 is price one down. He uh, plays big minutes there. I think Mike Riley at 2,700, also fine. On the Sen side, Jake Sanderson was a great play the other night. If Michael Stone didn't exist, I think going back to Jake Sanderson tonight makes some sense. Yeah, Sanderson's been pretty much playing 20-plus um, minutes. Um, no problem for with him at 2,600. Connor Clifton, of course, we can go back to. Uh, he's been playing a, a lot of minutes uh, for Boston. You know, they're going through some injuries with Charlie McAvoy out. Brandon Carlo was out last night, probably out again tonight. They don't play, you know, their number five and six defensemen a whole lot. So I think Clifton's probably going to get a lot more ice time. Um, carrying reasonable ownership for a guy that's, you know, at a punt price, but uh, can't really argue with it. I think Clifton is probably the punt guy I like the most uh, in this game. Shabbat seems really expensive. Uh, for me, for a guy that really doesn't put up great peripherals, like you're relying on, you know, a goal and assist or a three point night or something like that. It it just seems really steep for me for uh, for his price. So I'm not a huge fan of Shabbat, um, you know, famous last words. He'll probably burn me. Uh, Clifton and, and Sanderson are the punts that I like here. And I also, like I mentioned, I do like Anton Forsberg here. Wrote him up in the power plays article today. Um Small sample, but his high danger save percentage of five on five has been really strong for his career in Ottawa, like amongst the uh, the best in the league. Uh, and he grades out as, I believe, the best value amongst all our goaltenders for projection um, compared to his price on both sides. So do like Anton Forsberg in that. Any interest in Swayman, 7,800? He's coming in pretty low owned. Could be, there isn't much ownership on the Sens as of now, but both goalies reasonably priced. It is a six and a half total, but I kind of like both goalies. Yeah, the, my only concern with Swayman is shot volume, right? Just because yeah. Boston is such a good defensive team, it's like, you know, if Ottawa scores two goals on 24 shots, even if Swayman gets the win or 26 shots or whatever, Swayman gets the win, it's still not a great night. Um, I like I have no problem playing him because of such low ownership, but I do like Forsberg better. Let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Anaheim Ducks with a 2.8 total heading into New Jersey. The Devils have a 3.7 total. Probably going to be Anthony Stellars for the Ducks. Mackenzie Blackwood is confirmed for the Devils. Devils mixing up their lines a little bit. Uh, it's going to be Palat, Nico Heischer, Alexander Holtz, Yegor Sharangovich, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt on the second line, third line of Miles Morningwood. Hee <laughs> hee, we rise up. Eric Halla and Dawson Mercer on that third line. On the Ducks side, Henrik Zegers, Terry, McTavish, Strom, Vetrano. Ducks also back-to-back on the road. Devils have a big total here. They're also not, that top line, not getting any ownership right now. Uh, I wish the power play correlation was a bit better. Uh, the Hughes-Bratt combo, also fairly low-owned. Ducks have some issues on the blue line. If the Devils are coming in fairly low-owned at the 3.7 total, I am interested. On the Ducks side, Henrik Zegers Terry is always of interest to me. Troy Terry has looked great to start the season. He's still reasonably priced. You get power play one here with Zegers and Terry. Devils take a bunch of penalties. Only thing holding me back on the Ducks is back-to-back on the road. Yeah, it is a back-to-back on the road, but I was still kind of surprised to see the ownership. Um, Anaheim's top line isn't coming in very highly owned. We'll show you here uh, on our top stacks tool. Uh, Zegers, Terry, Henry, 3.4% ownership. Uh, one of the better leverage, one of the top 10 leverage lines uh, that we have on the slate here today. Um, it is a back-to-back on the road, but oh, man, New Jersey's goaltending. I know it's just two games, but last season they were either last or 31st in save percentage as a team. Now, of course, that was because of injuries that both their starting goalies, Mackenzie Blackwood and Jonathan Bernier were hurt for over half the year. And they were playing AHL and ECHL goalies for over half the season. Then they start this year. I think the team save percentage through two games is seven eighty seven. So like it, you know, New Jersey's been playing pretty well. I've watched both of their games. Um, they look good. Um, the numbers look good. It's the goaltending is atrocious. Blackwood, so, Blackwood looked awful against the Flyers. Yeah, he did. And, um, you know, Blackwood's going again here tonight. It, it does seem like a decent get-right spot for him, right? It's, a you know, Anaheim is back-to-back on the road. 
Um, New Jersey should be able to win this game. I don't know if I would play Anaheim in a single lineup because I think there are other lines, and we'll talk about one of them in this very game, coming in roughly the same price, roughly the same ownership that I would prefer. But if I'm playing, you know, 10 lineups, 20 lineups, you know, up to 100, obviously 150, I think getting some of that Anaheim top line uh, isn't a bad way to go here tonight just because, you know, if that New Jersey goaltending for the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. If it's amongst the worst in the league again, they're going to have a lot of bad nights like they've had through the first two games. So uh, the more lineups I play, the more inclined I'd, I'd be to play that Anaheim top line. But for me, it's about the Hughes line uh, in New Jersey. I even wrote them up in the Power Plays article, uh, the Picks article, free to read over at Stochastic.com for anybody that wants to go check it out. Uh, Hughes, Brad, Sharon Govich coming in under 5% ownership uh, over on DraftKings. Over on FanDuel, under 4% ownership, um, reasonably priced on both sites, in my opinion. Uh, anyways, the big news is, is Hughes and Bratt playing together. Um, with Sharon Govich as a trio, 180 minutes at 5-on-5, five five, 4.2 or 4 expected goals uh, generated, 2.1 expected goals against, 4 actual goals scored. So they're scoring as much as they're actually generating, or they have in their sample. Um and this and the numbers are relatively consistent, even without Sharon Govich there. So, you know, it's not as if it's Sharon Govich that's driving that line. It's Brat playing with Hughes. Those are probably their two best offensive players, at least right now. And what's more is Nico Hishier returning to the lineup means that he will probably probably be taking the Anaheim top line. And that Anaheim second line was Strom, McTavish, and Vetrano. Like Strom is not a good defensive player. Toronto is not a good defensive player. And Mason McTavish is a rookie with 12 games, 12 NHL games to his name or something like that. So I could see that Anaheim second line really struggling defensively against the Hughes line that has looked pretty good this year. Hughes has been playing monster minutes too. I think he's averaging over 23 minutes uh, so far to start this season. So uh, I really do like the Hughes, Brat, uh, Sharon Govich line here in this matchup. As I said, I don't mind Anaheim. Uh, top line. We talked uh, yesterday about how good Henrik um, and Trevor Zegers have played together. 3.9 goals generated in 220 minutes skating together. Uh, Troy Terry will probably help them out. I wonder about their ice time. Last night, they only played about 14 or 15 minutes, but I wonder if it was because it was kind of a blowout against uh, the Rangers. Like, you know, it was a 6-4 game, but, you know, the Rangers were pretty much firmly in control the entire time. So I wonder, you know, maybe they're just resting them kind of for tonight's game and they'll get back up to 19 for 20 minutes. Uh, the other, uh, I do want to talk about that Hishier line real quick. Not coming in with any ownership, uh, Hishier, Palat, and Holtz. We've been waiting for Alex Holtz to get back into the top six. He was there all preseason. Then for some reason, they moved him down with Eric Halla uh, when the season started. Then to the fourth line for their second game. Um, Holtz, uh, scored 26 goals in 52 games in the AHL as a 19 year old last year, averaging over three shots per game. Um, he's supposed to be like a premier goal scorer, um, you know, two, three, four years down the road. It's whether or not he can start off here, but he's expensive on FanDuel. I think he's 5k. So I think he can kind of leave him alone there, but on DraftKings, he's only, he's stone min price. He's 2,500 going to be playing with his year. Probably gets reasonable amount of minutes playing with Hisher on the top line as well. So uh, I don't think you have to stack that line, but obviously I think Holtz makes a pretty good one off here. So for me in this game, it's definitely Hughes, the Hughes line uh, in any kind of format. Um, and I like the Anaheim top line if you're playing like a 20 max or you're playing, you know, 50 lineups in the 150 or something like that. Yeah, and the only other point I will build on top of that is if you want to leave Sharon Govich off that second line and add in Heischer for a power play stack, like there's still – Heischer's only 5,100. Hughes and Bratt aren't super expensive, so that won't be massively cross-prohibitive on DraftKings, so I think you can do that. Um, moving to the blue line, uh, Dougie, 6,400 power play, I think is a fine price. He hasn't been great to start the season, but, you know, you look at the back of the hockey card, he'll get there. On the duck side – 
Devils take a bunch of penalties, so I think Klingberg at 4,600 makes some sense. Otherwise, uh, maybe Dmitry Kulikov as a punt and Damon Severson on the devil side if you're not using Hamilton. Yeah, Kulikov, again, he's been playing more and more uh, every game as the season has gone on. He's basically up there uh, in the Klingberg realm of ice time now, so he's another punt. I don't mind here tonight. Uh, on the devil side, you know, Severson, like you said, I think his price is still very reasonable. Uh, Ryan Graves as well. I, you know, I don't think you have to put Dougie Hamilton um, into your New Jersey stacks. I do think he makes kind of makes sense as a one-off. Like if this is, you know, a, a low-wish scoring game, um, you know, it's definitely one of those games where Hamilton can slide in with a couple points and really rack up the peripherals. Um, so I don't think he's necessary in any in any stacks, but I do like Dougie. Um, as a one-off here tonight for New Jersey. Any interest in Stellars at 7,100 if he sees some volume? No. Yeah, I don't. No, I, I, no, I'm not. Like, he played last night. He played the third period, right? So, you know, not that he'd be super tired, but I don't think he's really an upgrade over Gibson. The Ducks have looked sh a little shaky defensively this year. Um, you know, when uh, you can just pay an extra uh, 500 for Anton Forsberg, I think I'd rather just go in that direction. Fair enough. Do you have holes in your DFS game? Get those holes filled with promo code HARDWOOD. $10 for 10 days of Stochastic Platinum. NBA is back tonight. That means it's time for our best promo of the year. Get full access to our data tools for every sport. NBA, NHL, NFL, PGA, soccer, eSports, everything we got. As well as the all-new lineup generator, which allows you to build and export up to 20 lineups using our data. That's 80% off our normal platinum pricing and you get access to the lineup generator use promo code hardwood to fill those holes or click the link in the description below to sign up so let's move on to the next game of the night uh we have the vancouver canucks with a 3.2 total heading into columbus the jackets also have a 3.2 total probably going to be spencer martin for the canucks uh thatcher demko Went last night. Elvis Merzlikens is confirmed. Going to be Nyquist, Jenner, Gaudreau uh, on the top line for the Jackets. On the Canucks side, the lines are still a mess, although Curtis Lazard did score last night. Pedersen had a good game. 3.2 total on both sides. Again, a lot of these back-to-back -back on the roads have pretty high totals, so I think there's stuff to like on both sides here. I mean, it's for pretty good reason, right? It's, Columbus has looked pretty bad to start this year. Uh, we talked about it uh, in the first game uh, of the season. You know, Columbus was a bad defensive team last year, and they went out and got Johnny Goodrow and Erica Branson, neither of which will help the team defensively. I mean, sure enough, um, they're, you know, only three games, but they're already bottom five in the league by expected goals against, um, bottom five in the league by actual goals against, all five on five, like, you know, I don't think this is really a big surprise to anybody that kind of paid attention to the Blue Jackets last year. Um, Columbus's top line is coming in with a ton of ownership, um, at least over on DK. Columbus top line coming in at 16% ownership. Um, I'm just going to bring up our top stacks again real quick. The highest, the most negative leverage of any line is the Nelson line from the Islanders. We'll talk about them uh, here shortly. And then it's the Columbus top line next. Uh, we are definitely expecting a lot of ownership on that Columbus top line. I don't think it's necessarily a bad spot either. Like, I, you know, sometimes we talk about bad chalk and maybe the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, can be considered uh, bad chalk at times. But at least Jenner and Nyquist have played well together. I mean, with without Patrick Laine on their line together, 2.6 goals generated per 60 minutes. That's well above league average. Um, 3.4 actual goals uh, scored, which is pretty good. Problem is, is 5.0 actual goals against. Again, because neither that line nor any of the rest of Columbus's lines are very good defensively. So um, I think this is a game where um, I don't mind going to uh, the Vancouver side, but I will say, Columbus's top line going into uh, the top line uh, for Vancouver is a pretty good matchup. JT Miller just has not looked good this year. I, I know he's racking up points on the power play, uh, but him and um, him and when he's been playing with Brock Besser and now that he's playing with Connor Garland and Pod Colson, like Pod Colson's actually kind of helped out a little bit. 
but Miller's line are just getting ran around defensively um, game after game. Um, and it's kind of a running joke in the Vancouver media now. And it's back-to-back without Thatcher Demko in net. Like, this is a pretty good matchup for the Columbus top line. It's, you know, not as good as it's going to get because there's always the Arizona Coyotes, though. You know, sorry, <laughs> Toronto. Um, but this is a pretty good matchup for that Columbus top line here. They are um, – grading out very well by overall projection. Um, if you look over uh, at our lineup builder, uh, their projection is coming in at about 35.7 uh, DK points total. That's higher than any line in the New Jersey Anaheim game, higher than any line in the Boston Ottawa game. So it's hard to say that it's bad chalk here, but there's just so much ownership on that Columbus top line that I'm not sure I would go in that direction. Um, at least on FanDuel, or at least on DK, over on FanDuel, uh, they're showing a lot less ownership. So I think FanDuel, you're probably all right to go there. On DK, I probably leave them alone unless I'm playing a ton of lineups or there are some secondary stacks uh, that I like. What really interests me in this game is the Pedersen, I can't believe I'm saying it, Lazar and Kuzmenko line. Uh, like you said, Lazar did score last night. Pedersen and Kuzmenko have been playing incredibly well so far this season. Like very small sample, obviously, about 30 minutes played. But 5.3 expected goals generated for 60 minutes is just patently absurd. Uh, and 4.2 actual goals with Kuzmenko back on the top power play. And remember, he'd been kicked off at times for Brock Besser, but he was back on the top power play. I do kind of like that two-man of Kuzmenko and Pedersen. They're starting to get expensive. Well, I guess Kuzmenko's been in the fives for a couple games now. Um, it is expensive, but they're both on the top power play. Those second and third lines from Columbus are probably going to be even worse defensively than the top line. Um, so I do like, uh, you know, Pedersen and Kuzmenko as kind of like a little two-man here for Vancouver tonight. That's where I would go on the Vancouver side. On the Columbus side, like, I think you just choke the chalk or nothing. Um, like, I'm not really, you know, looking forward to playing Sillinger. Uh, with Voracek and Chinnikov, that just looks like a pretty bad uh, defensive line to me. So, um, you know, 2.4 expected goals against, 4.8 actual goals against for that Columbus uh, second line with Sillinger and Voracek last year. So um, maybe Vancouver can kind of get right here a little bit, but it's really just the kuzmenko Pedersen duo that I like best on their side. Yeah, uh, Columbus one is fine, depending on what you want to do with the ownership you know, 16% on an eight game slate for the Columbus Blue Jackets doesn't exactly, you know, get the engines revving. Um, I also like that Patterson Kuzmenko line. On the flip side, if you're power play stacking like the Oilers or something, I don't mind a two man of Roslovic Johnson or, you know, Danforth Johnson, Roslovic Danforth, whatever you want to do. They're pretty much min price. Roslovic is on the top power play. Vancouver's awful defensively. They have a bad penalty kill. They're back to back on the road. It's their backup goalie. Don't mind taking a stab there. Moving to the blue lines, I think it's Hughes or Wierenski. Uh, Wierenski's price is, you know, really low for him. Same with Quinn Hughes. I think they're both fine plays as one-offs or in stacks. Um, Andrew Peak, Vladislav Gavrikov at 2,900, not bad. Jake Bean running the second power play unit at mid-price on the Vancouver side. Outside of Hughes, there just really isn't much I want to punt. Like Luke Shen at 4K is no thank you to me. Maybe Kyle Burrows, but, you know, I'd rather play, you know, a Gavrikov or Bean. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I, I don't think Burrows necessarily makes a bad punt play, um, but we've already talked about a few defensemen that we like, you know, down at that min price. Um, you know, Kulikov uh, for Anaheim, uh, Sanderson for Ottawa, Clifton for Boston. Like, there are options um, down at that price range that you can go to over boroughs that, you know, have similar or better projections, aren't on the road and all that stuff. So um, Zach Wierenski, probably going to carry a lot of ownership, but it's hard to argue with that price at 5,200. So um, maybe you just kind of want to avoid all the high-owned fours and just take a high-owned defenseman. I think um, Wierenski is one of our top values today, uh, price per dollar. Um, at least over on DraftKings. So don't mind, obviously don't mind Wierenski. I agree with you on Gavrikov. So let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Philadelphia Flyers with a 2.5 total 
Heading into Tampa Bay, the Lightning have a 3.9 total. Same lines for Tampa Bay that they ran out the last game. Hagel Point, Kucherov, Paul Stamkos, Stamkos, Kalorn. On the flyer side, it is Scott Lawton, Hayes, Konechny, and then Farabee, Cates, Allison, a third line of JVR, Frost, and Tanner L, because I'm not going to pronounce try to pronounce the Z-Y-N-S-K. Um, not too much that I like on the flyer side. Um maybe some Carter Hart, but again, like using cheap goalies against the lightning is always a recipe for disaster because. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They don't shoot too much, and when they do, they score. So for me, I really like this Tampa top line here. They're not getting too much ownership. I'm a big fan of Hagel. He was scoring goals last season in Chicago before he came over to the Lightning on the third line. Now he's up on the top line with Point and Kucherov. I think, you know, at 5 6% that this top line's coming in. I, I really like them tonight. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, they're one of our top leverage spots on this slate uh, on FanDuel over on DraftKings. Um, I think they're top five as well. So definitely one of our better leverage spots on the entire slate for that Tampa Bay top line. Um, yeah, I wrote up Kucherov in the Power Plays article. Um, he hasn't scored yet. I think he has 14 shots in, in three games or four, four games, whatever it is that they played. Like just feels like he's getting in on the offense. Like he has three, Oh, three assists in three games, 14 shots in three games. So he's averaging four shots per game over hasn't scored yet. It just feels like he's really getting involved. He just hasn't, you know, the dam hasn't broken through yet. And, you know, I know we want to talk about, uh, the flyers great start to the season. Um, but they've been as bad defensively uh, as um, the Columbus Blue Jackets have. The difference is, is that they've gotten 942 goaltending from Carter Hart. Uh, so when you get 940 plus goaltending uh, from your goalie, it's going to make your team look pretty good on any given night. So I think maybe people are kind of overrating um, Philadelphia. And, you know, Tortorella's, Tortorella's there. Maybe he's getting them playing better defensively or whatever. I mean, the numbers don't really bear that out. It's just Carter Hart really kind of playing out of his mind to start the season. So uh, I, I agree with you. I do like Tampa one here. Um, I wrote up the Tampa power play in the, in the stacks article um, over on stochastic.com. So I put Kucherov point and Stamkos together. Um, I think on DK, we have Kucherov and Stamkos, both top five by skater projections on today's slate. And they're both top three on FanDuel. And then obviously um, brain point will always come in lower because he's not, you know, he doesn't have the pure offensive upside of the other two, but he's going to play a lot with them either a five on five or on the power play. So I, I do kind of like a Tampa power play stack here. Like um, the flyers were one of the worst defensive teams or not one of the worst. Um, they had a pretty bad penalty kill, let's say last year. Now, whether you want to chalk it up to goaltending or whether you want to chalk it up to bad systems or what have you, um, but, you know, they're like 23rd or 24th by expected goals against on the penalty kill. Um, you know, maybe that gets a little bit better this season with Tortorella there. But, you know, this Tampa Bay's had a top 10 penalty kill, you know, pretty much year after year for a while now. So, like, I do kind of like a Tampa power play stack here. It is expensive, but I think it's a nice pivot off what should be a fairly highly owned uh, Edmonton one slash Edmonton power play stack. And we'll talk about them a little bit later. Um, Hagel and Point um, have played reasonably well together um, in their sample going back to last year. 2.9 expected goals uh, for 2.9 actual goals for that climbs up to 3.1 when you put Hagel with Kucherov. Kucherov and, and Point and Stamkos and those guys have been playing a lot of minutes. There have been you know some 21 minute games for Kucherov. 
um, early in the early portion of the season. Um, I just think that the Flyers have been kind of overrated. Uh, you know, we're only a week into the season, but uh, you know, I think their results are more because of Carter Hart than honestly anything else. And whenever a team is rotting a goaltender, um, it has to fall through eventually. Um, you know, unless you're Igor Shesterkin, I guess. So I do like uh, just the Tampa Bay power play here. You know, Tampa one's fine. If you want to save, you know, taking Stamkos off, put Hegel on, save some money uh, and go get a better stack elsewhere. But it's the Tampa power play that I had circled in my uh, column over at stochastic.com. Yeah. And Vladislav Nemestikov on the top power play unit as well, 3,200. If you want to throw him in, he's not, he's pretty cheap on the flyer side. Like the top line ownership is in double digits and I am not playing a flyers top line. That would be a third line on most good teams at double digit ownership on the road in Tampa. So moving to the blue line again, Tony D'Angelo 6,200 project, currently projected at 16 and a half percent ownership. I don't really want to do that. Hedman, on the other hand, 7,100. I just don't know about that either. It seems a little bit too expensive. But on the Tampa side, they have a, a couple injuries on the blue line. So they're, you know, besides Hedman, Chernak, and Sergachev, they have three guys that probably won't play too much minutes. So Hedman, Chernak, and Sergachev are going to play big minutes tonight. So any one of those three is fine, depending on your build. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's nice that they're pretty much at three different price points. So like you said, you can use any of the three, depending on your build. What I will say about Philly one um, is that Tampa's looked pretty bad defensively to start this year. And Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny going back to last year, 250 minutes together, 2.6 expected goals generated, three and a half actual goals generated. It's not like they're an awful offensive line. It's just like you said, they're coming in with way too much ownership. Um, like you said, dra- on fan- DraftKings, sorry, coming in at around 11 12% over on FanDuel, it's way higher 24% expected ownership on FanDuel because of their price. Um, I think this this would be in, uh, an instance of bad chalk to me where I would stay away from the Flyers. Now that I've said that, the Travis Konechny hat trick can commence. Well, you know, he has been shooting the puck more, which is nice to see, but I'm still fading at the ownership. Uh, let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the San Jose Sharks 2.4 total. Heading into Long Island, which is a miserable experience. The Islanders have a 3.1 total. James Reimer for the Sharks. Uh, rumblings that it could be Semen uh, Volarmov. I My brain just shut off for a second there. Uh, it is a 7.30 Eastern start, so if they pivot and go back to Sorokin, that could change some things. No ownership on the Sharks' top line here. They've been so bad to start the season, but they're fully correlated again on the power play, coming in under 1%. If it is Volarmov interested in that Sharks top line on the Islander side, I, I like I like Nelson Lee and Bovillier, but like that ownership is quite a scene. I'd rather just go to Barzal and Parmeri. I don't know what my brain is doing right now. I can't pronounce anything. Um, but Bar, oh, Matty Barzell has been the Islanders' best player. So let me figure out what my brain is doing and let you talk about this game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you mentioned uh, just when we were just talking about Columbus, uh, we talked about leverage, and you're right. Uh, by our top stacks tool, uh, the Anaheim top line, 4.4% top stack percentage, 20% ownership. So there is a lot of ownership coming in on Nelson, Lee, and Beauvillier. It's because, you know, they'll get ice time, um, you know, reasonable amounts of ice time. It's a pretty good matchup against a bad Sharks team. Um and they fit nicely with those super expensive builds like Tampa Bay. And we'll get to Edmonton um, a little bit later. Uh, so that's why you're going to see high ownership on them. Honestly, I'm not too uh, too big of a fan of playing that Islanders line here tonight. Not only um, because they're going to probably um, be considerably over-owned, but they just don't play a ton of minutes, right? Like the Islanders really like to spread out their minutes. So like, I don't think I would... I would full stack them. Uh, you know, if you want a two-man stack, Nelson and Lee, I think that's fine. Or one off a cheap Beauvillier, I think that's fine. I just have a tough time getting to a full three-man stack on the Islanders, unless it includes Matthew Barzal, because at least Barzal will play 18 or 19 minutes. You know, his wingers might only play 14 or 15, but at least he'll play a lot of ice time. Um, the way the Islanders uh, do their line matching, 
the Nelson and Byers all lines probably won't see a lot of the top line for the Sharks. And, you know, we've talked about it every time the Sharks are on the show and it's continued into the season. Whenever uh, the top line is off the ice, they just get filled in defensively. Um, and it's continued. Hardwood. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, baby. That's what we call synergy. Um, <laughs> and, and when uh, Hurdle's been on the ice uh, without Meyer and Couture over the last couple of years, just, you know, to kind of illustrate how bad it's been, he goes from 2.8 uh, expected goals or 2.5 expected goals against and 2.9 actual goals against. It's the offense really, really suffers on top of that. Like he loses about a half goal per 60 minutes, which is a lot. Um, there's just no depth uh, from the Sharks. Even with Alexander Barabanov coming back, Barabanov, when he's not playing with Meyer, he's like a third or fourth liner in the NHL. Like, I think he's a decent player, but he's not good enough to play on the second line for what, you know, for a good team. Um, so I do kind of like that Barzal line. I know I pretty much say it every time uh, that the Islanders are on the slate, but I don't mind the Barzal line. But again, they're coming in with a ton of ownership. Um, I think this is a case where I would just kind of avoid the Islanders. I would honestly rather play the Sharks top line in this game. This is assuming Semyon Varlamov starts because I think there is a sizable gap between uh, Sorokin and Varlamov. If Sorokin plays, I really wouldn't have interest in the Sharks. I really wouldn't have much interest in this game, honestly. Uh, but Meyer and Couture, going back to last year, or going back a couple years actually, 3.3 expected goals generated per 60 minutes, 3.1 actual goals scored. You know, whether it's Couture, whether it's Hurdle, Meyer, Meyer and the Sharks pretty much put up the same numbers whenever Meyer is on the ice. And that Sharks top line is coming in with absolutely no ownership. We have them under 1%. Um, they're probably going to play a lot of minutes. Like Meyer's been getting 20-minute games so far this season with San Jose. Um, that portends a lot of shot volume. Uh, Couture... Uh, and Meyer both play the top power play, even though um, the Islanders didn't really take a lot of penalties last year. That's the other thing here is these two teams are both in the bottom 10 for time shorthanded last year. Might not be a lot of power plays. So, you know, that's my problem mainly with the Islanders. Not only are they coming with a lot of ownership, but they might not get a lot of power plays. And um, the Sharks had a reasonably good penalty kill last year as it was, uh, you know, even though the rest of the team is pretty bad, uh, the penalty kill was fine. So. Honestly, if everything in this game, it's Meyer, Couture, and then throw on Luke Cunning if you want. Um, Sharks top line. I, as long as Varlamov is in net, that's what I like most here. Yeah, that top line for the, the Islanders is just too high owned for me. Uh, I don't mind Matty Barzell, Kyle Palmieri. Their ownership does bother me a little bit, but I'd much rather play them at 8% than you know Nelson at 20 on the shark side, like if it's not Sorokin, I don't even mind going two man Meyer Couture or even just one offing Timo Meyer here. Um, I always talk about you know don't run off the, the the chalky center. Timo Meyer's getting no ownership. He has the shot volume. I think you know he's a fine one off tonight. Moving to the blue line, Noah Dobson getting heavy ownership. I think you know if you're going to eat chalk on the Islanders, eating it with Noah Dobson is fine. Otherwise, you know Ryan Pulak. Getting down to 4,300 is kind of a nice pivot there. Uh, Scott Mayfield is okay at 2,900. On the Sharks side, Eric Carlson, I guess, if you're using Sharks 1, Islanders don't take a bunch of penalties. But other than that, probably not much interest there. Yeah, I think um, the defenseman I might actually like best in this game is Mario Ferraro. Um, he's been playing pretty heavy minutes for the Sharks. Um, he put up well over two blocks per game last year. Um, pretty reasonably priced at 3400 on DraftKings, at least over on DK. Um, I don't mind Ferraro as a cheaper defensive option. Yeah, Ferraro, the only problem I have with Ferraro, which is a little bit cheaper, and he doesn't shoot the puck a lot. So you really need that that box bonus, which he can get you. Any interest in Reimer at 7200 Uh I don't mind it. Um, I certainly like that better than, you know, going to Stolarz at 7100 or you know, Spencer Martin at 7,300. Um, I just worry about shot volume, right? The Islanders typically on our team that fire a lot of shots at the net. So, you know, if they score three goals on 28 shots or something like that, 
Um, it could just completely cook Reimer. I don't mind him as a cheap, cheap option, but he's not at the top of my list. Agreed. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we are sponsored by BetMGM, and we have another great promo for you. Um, yeah. Bet $10 and win $200 if any NBA team tonight scores a three-pointer. In this day and age in the NBA, I'd bet that almost every team is going to score a three-pointer tonight, and it's another free $200 from sportsbooks. Um, it's got to be money line only in first bet MGM users. So if you have a bet MGM account, sign up your dog, sign up your wife, sign up your son, get that free 200 go the Tanner Tilbert route and collude or whatever, you know, get that $200. So let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Vegas Golden Knights with a 3.0 total going into Calgary. The Flames have a 3.5 total. I really like this game from a DFS perspective, and there is not a lot of ownership here. The top line for the Flames in a 3.5 total are coming in around 2%. The second line uh, coming in around 7%. They are cheaper. Um, I like both of these top six lines here on the, the night side. Don't mind, like, it's not the best matchup for the Knights, but like Eichel Smith coming in around 1%, Stevenson Stone coming in under a hundred or under 1%, Marshall Carlson coming in around 2%. So this is an ownership thing for me. It's a six and a half total. They're expecting goals. So I, I think I like both sides here, but mostly I, I like the flames and a bigger total with low ownership. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I do like both sides here. I did write up Andrew Mangiapane, uh in the Power Plays article today. Um, him and Nazem Kadri have looked pretty good early on um, this season together. They're both guys that are dual threat players, which means they're both pretty good playmakers for their teammates. Um, and they're both finishers. Like they are, they're both 30 goal scorers. So to see them have such good chemistry early on is nice to see. Um, don't mind that Calgary second line. What pulled me off of them is the ownership. Um, they're coming in, like you said, over 7%, the top line under 3%, and the differences on DK is only $1,200. Um, if you look over at FanDuel by our top stacks, uh, the top line's coming in with almost zero ownership because they're really expensive over on FanDuel. I think it's a better question there where they are 22,100 on FD. The problem is, is Calgary's top line wingers haven't been playing many minutes, which is something we saw towards the end of last season with Calgary as well. Right. Um, they've only been playing like 16 to 17 minutes. You know, Elias Lindholm's been playing more of, uh, you know, up around 19 uh, or so because, you know, he does PK, but uh, Calgary's wingers only playing 16, 17 minutes does worry me. But here's the thing with the flames is per the line matching we talked about earlier, they're not going to be sending out Huberto, Lindholm, and Toffoli against the Vegas top line. And the Vegas top line with Eichel and Smith has been by far their best line early in the early parts of the season. And the second line for Vegas, Stevenson, Stone, and Howden, has really struggled defensively. And, you know, the Calgary top line could see a fair bit of them here tonight. Um, for that reason, I do like Calgary one, uh, Huberto, Lindholm, Toffoli, uh, better than the, uh, the second line as, as a whole, uh, the matchup is better. The price is reasonable. Um, if you want to, you know, look over at our lineup builder, uh, they're projected for seven more points on DraftKings. Like that's not a small gap for a $1,200 difference, especially when you consider the coming in with lower ownership. So I think this is a Calgary one game for me from, uh, the flame side. On the Golden Knights side, I do kind of like the top line, Eichel, Kessel, and Smith. They're coming in with very low ownership, but it is a tough matchup. They're going to see, you know, some at second and third rate, and they're not bad lines. They're good defensive lines. So um, I don't hate uh, playing them uh, just because of the low ownership, uh, but I think more than anything, I like the really low ownership on that Calgary top line at home here tonight, even if Huberto and Toffoli only play 16, 17 minutes. Yeah, and Vegas had problems on the PK last year. I don't see it getting much better this year. They really addressed that. You know, Phil Kessel, not an elite PKer by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so, yeah, I'm in on Calgary 1. Don't mind some uh, Eichel, Riley Smith. On the blue line, um, Rasmus Anderson still running that top power play unit, but he is 4,100. Mackenzie Wegar at 5K is a reasonable price for him. Don't mind him. Don't mind punting, you know, Tanev at 2,700. 
or even going back to Michael Stone, but that feels like it's chasing points. I'd rather play Tanev. On the uh, night side, it's probably going to be, you know, Alec Martinez or Alex Petrangelo. If you want to use Theodore, he seems a bit pricey for me for a tough power play matchup. So probably Martinez, Petrangelo, or even Braden McNabb. Yeah, Theodore and Petrangelo just they haven't been shooting a lot to start this year, and Calgary's a pretty tough defensive matchup. So I think um, if I were to go with an expensive defenseman, I'd probably look elsewhere here. I think my favorite defenseman in this game, at least over on DraftKings, is Chris Tanev. Um, historically can block over two shots per game. Vegas has been generating a lot of shots this year. Tanev is another one of those near-min price guys on DraftKings that I like here tonight. I see Logan Thompson getting a bunch of ownership here at over 13%. I kind of like both goalies. Uh, if Markstrom at AK coming in fairly low owned, I don't mind him if you're paying up. I don't know if I'm going to get to Logan Thompson. That matchup concerns me. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Markstrom, don't mind him either. Uh, even at AK, Vegas is a team that can absolutely put up a, a fair amount of shots. So don't mind Markstrom if you want to play you know, a more expensive home goalie tonight. Let's move to the second to last game of the night. This is a very interesting one from a DFS standpoint. We have the Buffalo Sabres with a 2.8 total heading into Edmonton. The Oilers have a 4.1. Craig Anderson, probable. Stuart Skinner, confirmed. 8,600, currently projected 24% ownership. Hmm. Buffalo mixing up their lines, going Skinner, Thompson, Tuck. Fully correlated on the top power play. Under 1% ownership right now. Hmm. Second line of Rasmus Asplund, Casey Middlestad, Victor Olofsson. Third line, Hinnestroza, Cousins, Paterka. Uh, Oilers running the same lines here. Kane, McDavid, Yamamoto, Hyman, Dreisaitl, Pugliarvi. Again, like Oilers, I'm just going to – I'm basically on repeat here. If you – like, first of all, Connor McDavid projected for 44.4% per, ownership here. He's probably the best play on the slate, but don't want off him. Bring other guys with him. You want to use, you know, dry sidle. I think most people use dry sidle. But I think, like, if you're going to use the oil or stunt, you're going to do anything with the power play. I think including Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a nice way to get different. He's 4,100 on the top power play, coming in with very low ownership. So if you want to go McDavid, Kane, Nugent Hopkins, uh, McDavid, dry sidle, Nugent Hopkins, going 3C there is a nice way to get unique while using the Oilers. The ownership concerns me a lot, but there's plenty of ways to, you know, get different there. I I, I haven't decided what I'm doing with Edmonton yet. Um, on the Buffalo side, I really, really like that top line. The one concern that I have is Tage Thompson got taken off the power play last game. He'll probably be back there tonight. Um, but Stuart Skinner and net, you know, Edmonton, not a great defensive team. Want to get your thoughts here. Yeah, I wrote up Connor McDavid in the Power Plays article. Like, I know it seems obvious to write up Connor McDavid, but um, the main reason why was putting Evander Kane back on his wing. Um, if you go back to when Kane joined Edmonton at the end of January of last season, um, 3.5 expected goals generated, 4.1 actual goals generated um, with Evander Kane on the ice. Without Evander Kane, the on-ice goal scoring drops all the way down to 2.9. So basically having Evander Kane on his wing has boosted Edmonton's goal scoring with McDavid on the ice by like 40%, which kind of makes sense um, because Zach Hyman and Jesse Pugliarvi, who do tend to play quite a few minutes with McDavid, aren't good finishers, right? Like they're not, you know, 35 goal snipers. You know what I mean? So um it does make sense that they score a lot more with the Vander Kane on the top line. It's why, you know, I really do like that Edmonton top line here tonight, but I agree with you. Like if I'm playing Edmonton here, I'm not just, you know, stacking the top line with Yamamoto and then walking away. Like I'm making some sort of power play stack or I'm adding a defenseman. Um, I'm not just, you know, playing the super chalky, um, you know, uh, McDavid and Kane and, you know, nearly 30% Connor Yamamoto and then walking away. So, it's a very good matchup for Edmonton's top line. I do like them, but I think I'd rather just kind of power play stack. So like, you know, you can do like, like you said, a triple center, or you can just do McDavid, Dreisaitl and Barry or something like that. I think that's kind of the direction I would go on the Buffalo side. Like I don't mind the top line here, especially for their ownership. Um, I just think it would be something I would play probably not in like single entry or three max. It'd be more like a 20 max or something like that. 
Um, I'm just, I'm really concerned about the way the Buffaloes look so far to start the season. It hasn't been good. Thompson hasn't looked, Thompson's looked bad enough. Like you said, that he got taken off the power play. So if he doesn't turn it around here tonight, maybe it's one of those games where he only plays like 14 minutes without much power play time. And then you're sunk. So, um, don't hate playing a little bit of Buffalo if you're playing a lot of lineups, but obviously it's Edmonton power play. I like the best in this game. Yeah, you can add in Tyson Berry there on the blue line, 4,800, not getting much ownership. He doesn't skate much at evens, but he does get that power play time. I think, you know, Darnell there, 6,100, it's a fine play. Uh, on the Buffalo side, I do like Rasmus Dahlin. Um, it's really about it. You know, maybe Henry Joki Haru, but he's 3,500. That's kind of too expensive for me. Yeah, um, there's really not a lot that I like uh, for defensemen. I think Cody Cece over on FanDuel makes a lot of sense. I know we make fun of him, uh, but only 3900 on FanDuel. And he, I think he has our best value projection for any defenseman at 4K or less on that tonight. So CC for me on FanDuel. Don't forget to check out the Hardwood promo. Not sure how you can forget that. Link is in the description or use promo code HARDWOOD. 10 days of stochastic premium for just $10. Every sport and all and the all-new lineup generator. So let's get to the last game of the night. Our Los Angeles Kings with a 2.7 total. Heading into Nashville, the Predators have a 3.3. Uh, Alex, I follow Hurt and to the IR. That is going to make the third line now, Velarde, Byfield, Arthur, Kaliev, which might be a spicy meatball, and they're almost mid-priced, but this is back-to-back on the road, and they're probably going to shelter them, although it is on the road. King's top line looked very good last night, This, but they're still getting double-digit ownership. On the Pred side, top line for the, for the Predators, not getting any ownership here. They're fully correlated on the power play. I don't mind getting them to them and laid a hammer. Uh, Kings just gave up four goals to the wings and they're back to back on the road with Calvin Peterson, who has not looked great. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the line I like most in this game is that Nashville top line coming in with almost no ownership. Uh, we have them projected for, you know, 33.7 points, which is, you know, not far off from, you know, the Tampa Bay top line at 35 points and not far off. Um, the New Jersey second line of, you know, 35 and a half points or whatever. So I do like the almost no ownership on Nashville's top line. The, the Los Angeles top six has not looked strong defensively to start this year. And they, you know, the second line for the Kings wasn't great defensively last year either. So Nashville going into those top two lines, I think it kind of makes a nice matchup for them. And, you know, this is the low owned spot I would play over Buffalo one. Um, let's just kind of put it that way. So, I do like the Kings top line uh, or the Nashville top line, sorry, in this game, historically very strong uh, offensively on the Kings side, probably just not a lot that I would play. Um, it would be the second line, if anything, because um, they typically are pretty good offensively. Um, they've been decent offensively um, this year as well. 2.9 expected goals generated in their minutes together. So um, if I was to play the Kings, I would probably, you know, go with the secondary stack of the second line, but it's the Nashville top line that I like most here. Yeah, don't mind one-offing, you know, like a Gabe Velarde, 2,800, power play one. Predators been – last year they are pretty bad on the penalty kill, so I think there's stuff on the Kings as well. On the blue line real quick, Drew Doughty, Roman Yossi, power play quarterbacks, play them there. Other than that, like maybe Sean Dersey. That's really about it. Yeah, I agree with you. Dursey, if you want to go a little bit cheaper. Doughty played 27 minutes and overtime last night, so you got to wonder how much he has left in the tank for tonight. But if he plays 27 minutes again for 5,100, uh, don't hate it at all. Coming up after us, uh, we have the NBA Deeper Dive at 5.30 with Josh Engelman and Adam Schur. Um, you know, as always, we're sponsored by BetMGM. So let's let's make some hat tricks and goalie picks I don't really like this slate from a goalie perspective. I think the three that I like the most are UC Saros, Jacob Markstrom, and Anton Forsberg. Yeah, Anton Forsberg for me um, as well. I do like uh, Jacob Markstrom as well. Um, if you kind of want to go counter uh, to all the chalk, I, you know, I think Eric Comrie for super cheap Buffalo kind of makes sense. But um, for me, it's mainly just Markstrom and Forsberg that I'm focusing on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know really who I'm going to go with my hat trick pick. I have one name circled. I don't know if I really like it. He hasn't scored a goal yet this season, but maybe he'll break the ice. Matty Barzell. 
Ooh, I like that. Um, hopefully he can do some damage for anybody playing Islanders. I'm going with Jesper Bratt from New Jersey. Jesper Bratt. Love it. Uh, so for Cliffy, our producer, Slim Cliffy, I am your host, Josh Harris. We will be back on Thursday. Tomorrow's a three-game slate. So good luck, everyone. We'll see you in Discord. Good luck, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.